if you guys have any children around, there will be some bad words before. Enjoy the show. Yeah. Welcome to the Ugly Betty's. My name is Steven. My name is George. George, guess what? We have guests. Yes, we Not do. Not only one, we have two. We have two. This is our, we have our first two for today. Two guests. Explain them to me. I don't know who they are. You just chose them <laughs> at random. Well, uh, this is a, this is a comedy duo who holds a special place in our hearts. Please give a warm hand for the fabulous comedy duo, Sly Chum. Hi, Hi, testing, testing, one, two, three. Hello, hello. hello. Hi, everybody. Hi. Which consists of two lovely, funny human beings named Jay and Jennifer. Hi, and, this is Jay. Uh, this is Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Jay has a special place in Stephen and I's heart because we did 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee together. He was our vice principal punch. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I had a blast doing that. It was fun doing that show. Yeah, and I... And, and Jennifer has a special place in my heart because she's Jennifer, so. And the privilege of seeing the both of them do their magical thing on stage in November of 2019 before the world temporarily ended. Uh, it's like, oh, I miss the stage so much. So how, how you guys are doing? How's life? Oh, you know, it's been boring. <laughs> I don't know. It's been... It's been fantastic. I've had nothing but time to myself and <laughs> I just, I love being by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's going to have a fight later. I, 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 well, I mean, uh, you'll ask Jennifer, but my, my tub time. Yes. Yeah, so I was just going to say, I, he, he takes baths more than any human being I've ever met in my whole entire life. So that's his time and I'm not allowed in there. Listeners, <laughs> I am currently in a bath. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, eh, I guess. I mean, it's not this type of podcast, but okay, we can switch it there. <laughs> I mean, Everyone in the bath. Yeah, it, the only way like, to listen to this podcast is to be it, in the bath. So. It would be like, um, what's it called? Pierre Escargot. Yes, from and all, all that. that. Oh yeah. yeah, he was always in the, he was always in the bathtub with his raincoat on, and he was in France. He was in Paris. Yes, the we're gonna turn into that podcast, but before we turn into that podcast, we're reviewing Ugly Betty season two, episode three, yeah. Betty's weight problem. And so, what did you guys think of the episode overall? Before we dive into it, sure, it was called Betty's weight problem. Yes. W-A-I-T, weight. W-A-I-T. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never seen one episode, one second of Ugly Betty. Me neither. Oh, I, it's just the first time I've ever watched, I mean, I heard of Ugly Betty. I just never dove in to it. So this was a whole new experience for me watching this show. Yeah, but I thought it was very... Um, I, it was hard for me to get into it at first because they give you so much information on just the last episode yeah. alone. There's yeah, just like a lot to go through. Yeah. And it's so fast. It's so fast. Yeah. Cause there's like multiple, that's, that's one of the things about the show. There's like multiple storylines going on at the same time as this, this is the second season. This is like a whole new layer storyline under the whole other storyline. So is there anything you need me to like quickly, like, you know, clarify, catch, clarify or... and catch up on? So, no, I mean, like they kind of like, once we got through the episode, I was like, okay, I think I understand everybody's little problems that are happening that make up the whole show, but. No, my question no? is who is Faye? Okay. Oh, Faye, Faye. Faye Summers is the former editor-in-chief of Mode Magazine. Okay. And uh, what happens is Faye, it's discovered that Faye had an affair with Bradford Mead, who's the CEO of Mead Publications, which publishes Mode. So okay. then, because- the old white dude with- uh, The old white dude dating- Yes, the old white dude. Tessa Williams yeah. is trying to marry. That's the guy, yes. yes. And um, so what happens is Claire ends up killing Faye Summers. That's what we find uh -huh. out. And By cutting her brakes. And after that, like, you know, they it was discovered that you know Claire did it, so she's in jail and then she, she got turned a, herself in, but then she escaped. 
And yes. oh, she was at yes. the mass party. Yes. Yeah. And when she came out that, like, Vanessa Williams' character is Mary, gonna marry Bradford, Bradford to get get in charge of Mead because she, mode because she desperately wants the editor in chief job. And the rule is is that um, it cannot be run by anybody other than a Mead. Mm-hmm. And Claire owns mode like it's signed. She has control of it, and like it's like a back and forth thing. And like this is like Wilmine is like second or third trying to take over the company, so. That's this is basically Ugly Betty. Will Willoughby is trying to take over the company in mode, and it's just like she, she just wants the editor in chief job. That's all she wants. She yeah. doesn't want to be creative director anymore. She wants that editor in chief job. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. Yes. Just like me. <laughs> but yeah, let's start going to the episode. Well, I mean, I love how in the beginning of the episode, Hilda is helping um, Henry with the hangover cure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I did notice, and I don't know, I mean, obviously it's the way that they've chosen the show to be, is everybody is like really over the top character-y. No mm-hmm. one's really that grounded. I mean, was do you know if that was the, the choice that they wanted for the well, show? Well, that's soap operas. Yeah, because it, like, it, it's it's based so off, off a, a te- telenovela yeah. of, the, of a Colombian telenovela of this of the same name, but yes, in- Lafe, yeah? American. <laughs> so even the American version of a telenovela is going to be really heightened. Yeah, because it's very. Right. It's also like I was just thinking about like it's got notes of Desperate Housewife in it. Yeah, you know, that, and that also was like, although it was soapy, it was a little more like grounded and like naturalistic. Where this one, we're like in a comic book. Mm-hmm. style everything is just like poppy you know yeah so it, it goes a little bit further on the camp scale yeah and yeah. It, it, it was on the same channel because it was on abc Grey's anatomy desperate housewives lost the time at the time when abc was really pushing the boundaries on experimental programming because right. even cable even cable wanted desperate housewives it was that edgy for its time Right, right, right. right. So this was the time when ABC just decided, you know what, screw regular programming. Let's push the boundaries here. And right, right. The show is very camp. Like this, like like you said, Jay, is very camp. It's like you know another level. It's, it's not Desperate Housewives, even though I have never seen Desperate Housewives. And me neither. I, and actually. I watched the show, but oh, I mean, I, I there's a long list of shows that I still have yet to see. That just happens. Well, you guys, you guys have to come on our podcast. It's. Uh, Desperately seeking housewives. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if you guys were the host of that, I would definitely listen to that show. Yeah, we're in. Well, back to uh, Hangover Cures. Do you guys yeah, have any? Hangover, back Hangover Cures. Like, you know, I've, I've been in that. It's like, of course, Hilda knows yeah. because she said she mastered it in high school. Mm. By the time third period English mm. came or whatever the class was, gone. I don't, I never had a hangover before as much as I drunk in my life. <laughs> really? Yes. And I, I partied I, hard. I, I my heard that uh, uh, so, uh, soured almond milk is a good hangover cure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, 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 I didn't get, I was, I was that kid that didn't get drunk until my 21st birthday when I was college i waited mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was basically I was, ba- I was basically drunk virgin till 21 you know i followed the rules mm. <laughs> and um <laughs> what, what my friend did for me who i was drinking with was he gave me like two chewable vitamins before we went out to drink so that way i wouldn't have much of a hangover the next day mm. oh smart. that's smart that is smart yep and i had like I- shots of anything that was given to me that night at the bar <laughs> Mm. I don't drink for <laughs> What's your? I don't drink at all. I I don't drink ever. Really? No, of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the show, like the whole, I like as we go through the show. I think the theme of this episode in particular is like never wait for your dreams to happen. Like as, as far as Betty is concerned, because you know no. that was Geo, because this is um freddie rodriguez first episode yep. and he's gonna be a love interest for the rest of the show oh i like them together so i'm glad i yeah. like that because um and um like you know that was him said why are you waiting and that's what and that's i think that's what the title betty's weight problem 
is like, you know, she keeps on waiting to make her, a move for make what move. she wants to do with her life. Yeah, and that's like, you know, a universal theme, especially like now in quarantine and now we see like, you know. So if you wanted to write something or if there was something creative that you wanted to tackle, last year was the perfect opportunity. Or to now. We or now. We're, we're still, we're still, still here. The, yeah, we're as still long, in the thick of it. As long as, <laughs> as long as you have a pulse in your body, you should be able to move forward your dreams. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically the theme of life and this episode in general. Not to go all wise, wise person, but yeah. And what what's what's the next thing that happens? Well, obviously, you just you just beautifully set it up with Freddie Rodriguez being introduced. This was his first episode of many appearances. Mm-hmm. Well, this I love- my first time. This is my first time really seeing Betty. Mm-hmm. You know, like seeing her uh, on screen, and she's hideous. So <laughs> I get it, ugly Betty. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'll call America later and tell. He's like, oh yeah, you. Think, but yeah, but I mean, she's got she's got disgusting bangs, <laughs> the horrible like, red glasses. I mean, it's like like we me, Rosalie was on the episode last last week and she said like, why was the show called Ugly? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and you just made Stephen fall out of his chair. He loved it that. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like sun-dried tomatoes in my sandwiches and I don't want to write yet <laughs> I'm going to tag you in right now <laughs> okay it's your moment of time out now it's time to get back into the game Amy, where was I? <laughs> You have to do it one more time. He wasn't looking, Stephen. You have to look. It's really funny. No, uh, but I'll come back. She'll come back. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where where was I? Oh, so for those of you, if, this is a podcast, right? Yes. <laughs> We're just getting no this one saw what I just yeah, did. Yeah, you just just basically said she was hideous and then did an impression. Of well, her. and then I brought out braces <laughs> and red glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Where was, where was I? Well, Freddie Rodriguez, <laughs> and then and then Betty made a surprise. The male version of Betty made a surprise appearance. Yeah. Uh, so um, I just loved uh, I love the way it was set up. Like, oh yay, the sandwich guy. Yeah. And then she came back. And was like, I got too excited, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> and then Daniel, obviously, Daniel is always going to be Daniel, wheelchair or no wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And then we find out, uh, obviously, a bomb-dropping thing about that later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And okay, uh, how, long been, how long has he been in the wheelchair, though? Um, since the, uh, the first first episode of season two, because there was a car accident, because oh. um Alexis tried to kill her father because of all this drama from season one, and oh. he tried to cut the brakes on his car, and actually when when he was driving Daniel to the hospital because he was loaded on pills, they got into a car that the brakes was kind of they slammed into a tree and knocked oh. Alexis unconscious and all that drama. Can I, can I ask a question? When yeah. did Faye die? Before the events of the first season. Yeah, so before season one even started. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so, yeah, because I would imagine that that's like the mystery that kicks off there. Yes. The show, right? Yeah, like there's it, a mystery woman throughout season one, and you're not sure if it's Faye herself, but then later on you find out that the mysterious woman turned out to be Alexis, who had had a sex change. Yeah. Oh, I actually kind of a question about that. How how do you guys feel about them not using a transgender actor? This yeah. definitely comes up constantly yeah. every, uh, not, uh, yeah, every yeah. not every episode, but most episodes we discuss it. We even had Michael Yuri on here, who is Mark in the show. Okay. We had him on as an interview. And yeah. um, he, he said basically, obviously, yes, today, a trans actress would have had to have been hired. But yeah. back in 2006, 2007, this was still progressive for its time. But yeah, obviously, now things would have been different. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's just a, it's just a, like when you, that's we've a, had people like Laverne Cox since we've, yeah. we've had more transgendered actresses break ground and get visibility. Yeah, so. it's, it's just like, I, I like when we revisit like old shows from the past, like in like the early 2000s, 90s, 80s, I think we, 
yes, we could judge them for what they or what they said about it, but we have to remember that's what they were thinking at the time. And even though they're being groundbreaking, like they they can only be groundbreaking in some way. They had like they had to push it forward. So you have to think about like what the intention was. You know, like the character Alexis is not the punchline of anything. In mm-hmm. fact, you know she's gorgeous woman. She's, you know. And and you have to remember when you look at those old shows and those old episodes is like is even stuff now are they a fully formed human being or are they just playing a caricature right. of of that of that care of that person whether it be trans gay yeah bi like like disabled like anything yeah. is it like is it making fun of or are they try to push it forward right yeah like the you know. That's why I was okay with it. I was like, yeah, and and for forgiving of the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 2006. Which I like that we're watching it, and it was opening doors for people like your Laverne Cox and and others. So. And 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 I found out like during the there's there's the school disclosure documentary that's on Netflix about trans trans and media. That have have you guys seen Cheetah Girls? Of course. Like from the Disney Channel. Yeah, Yeah. the first one. Remember the teacher in the first one, the one that gave him the competition? No. Uh, um, she, um, one of the, the actresses in there, she was trans, and I didn't know that. She was the she was the teacher in um the first Cheetah Girl, the first movie. Cheetah Girl movie that said, "Yes, I want you to be in the talent show." She's a trans actress, and I didn't know she was trans. And like, what? It blew my mind, but you know. Like, so I was I was digging this show because of the representation I was already seeing by first off the opening title credits came at 12 minutes and I was amazed. I was like, we haven't even said like what show we're in yeah. at 12 minutes, but okay. The next thing those up like the rep- representation, wheelchair, Latinos, short, nugly people like Betty. It was just like <laughs> all over the map showing off great representation. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just like this show is, is, like it's a very ahead of the time. We we always say that this show was ahead of its time, and it's like you know, it's one of those shows that people say, oh yeah, the, it, it is Ugly Betty was a good show, but you know, people don't like, like it wasn't like those big shows like The West Wing, Desperate Housewives, Grey's Anatomy that still goes on. It's like one of those shows that is still good, but it ran. It has course. a it has a niche audience. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just don't understand why they call her. Oh, well, like why it's called Ugly Betty, because I mean, she's not that ugly. Like she's pretty normal looking to me. The, like the, <laughs> Rosalie, Rosalie said the same exact thing last week when she was on our show. She was like, I just don't get the title. Um, no, I don't. Just the, call the, her um, the Colombian <laughs> title that what they took a show is You Always Saw Betty LaFea, which is Ugly Betty in America. Uh, and and like I and I like what I said to her, and that's how we had this back and forth argument. Like, like in the context of she's working at Mo at a fashion magazine, and ignoring that Jay <laughs> in a fashion magazine, she, she, the people to her think she's ugly and different. And I and I feel like ugly. I use ugly as a broad term, and then when I think of the show, it's a broad term like ugly as in different and not going against the norm. Of yeah. That. Because she is, she is a fish out of water yeah, at the yeah. fashion magazine where she works. Where yeah. sadly, because of the rigid standards of the beauty uh, in the fashion industry, yeah, like she is considered unfortunately ugly by fashion industry standards. Yeah, and that's what I take. I that's what I and I when I think of the show, looking back, like I don't think like ugly as in ugh, yeah. ugly, ugly <laughs> as in like you know different. She, she's a different and, like, guys. and that's a, the global context of the of the thing. I would say, like, I'd say her fashion choices are a little weird. Yeah, like, like, for the first two two seasons, two seasons, she's like, girl, you need to stop. (laughs) But, and, but, like, starting season three, she started to get better clothes, but they, she still wears it in a Betty, Betty way, but in season four, the last season, she actually, like, it's like like the thing. It slowly the, evolves. Yeah, and like the thing, like her working at Mode, the fashion influenced her, and her personality, her good nature influences everyone else. So it's yeah. kind of like a, a mutual. It's a mutual healing. 
She Can got I, Meryl Streep up in that joint and she was, you know, Devil Wears Prada <laughs> telling her. Yeah, because it came out the same year. Yeah. Ugly Betty came out the same year. As Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> because I got a question. Were there, were there two Bettys to begin with? What do you mean? Well, because like when there's two people of the same name, you're like, which Betty are you talking about? And you're like, Ugly Betty. You know, like Never Pretty Betty. Never her name Betty. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but back to the episode. <laughs> Sorry, yes, yes. No, it's all good. I mean, obviously, I love how in this episode, Mark oversteps his boundaries to try to give Wilhelmina a pep talk. Because Wilhelmina thinks that her chess game is over now because Claire will eventually find Bradford. Mm, so Mark yeah. has to step in and give her the pep talk. And I can't yeah. believe you're hugging me right now. <laughs> and, and, I, and another thing in the beginning of the episode, um, because um, we find out, um, Amanda finds out that Faith is her mother last season, the season finale, and she and she thinks Bradford is her father. That means Daniel is her brother, and they always they had sex a lot in the first season, so that was a very it was like they thought they that were brothers. That terrified Amanda because she was like, "Oh my God, you know he could be my Bradford could be my father," and I've slept with Daniel on multiple occasions, and so yeah. that really scared that really scared Amanda. And one of the plot, Why? and like could have been brother sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that really mortified Amanda. Yeah, doesn't bug Jay, brother sister love. No, 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 it does. Yes, it does. I didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh. And one of the and one of the plot points of this season, which she, her character was exploring, like who is her father, and she figure out air quotes who her father is towards the end of the season. It's a very big surprise guest star surprise oh yeah and there's a whole song and a reality show that goes with it but yeah Yeah. the the one thing that i did like in the show a lot is the uh the flash or not the flashbacks like so we're watching ugly betty and then we go to her dad which is like so more it's like dramatic like novella like yeah it's such a great it's such a great storyline for ignacio in this episode because um Last season, like as you know, that Ignacio he st- got stuck in Mexico because of deportation, because he got yeah. deported because um, he came into the country illegally, and he came into the country illegally because he shot his wife's husband because he all he was stuff. abusing her because he's abusing her, and then when he came back in Mexico, they he found him. But again. structurally, it's a great way to use a different tool of storytelling like yeah. to, to lean into that kind of telenovela style yeah, yeah. is like it lends itself so well that you feel like you're watching another sh- a different show all of a sudden you're like oh but as yeah. a latina uh are we that sweaty i don't think so they're in mexico <laughs> I, I was like they are sweating they're in mexico like, yeah i was been in mexico i'm never that sweaty maybe the place that they were staying had no air conditioning that's that's what I think, and I mean, like, I'm not saying that people people there's no air conditioning there, but you know, I, I'm just gonna step away from that. I'm gonna go. Get- <laughs> I've never I've never been to Mexico. The closest I've ever been is Mexicali, where I was doing a short film there for a week. Yeah. And oh my God, it is hot. Yeah, I was, I was I was shooting I was shooting outdoors in Mexicali weather in jeans. And a very thick shirt playing an aspiring mime. Uh, so <laughs> it does. I get thought hot. it was very. Maybe that's what maybe there. Maybe as Stephen said, maybe their place had no air conditioning. And plus, I thought it was very funny that the 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 whole storyline was that he ran away with the wife, and now it's either flan or death. Flan or death. That I loved that too. I love that his the, the the fate of his hands comes down to the way he makes that flan. Yeah, well, it, it was delicious. It looked good. It looked sweaty. It did look sweaty. That flan was sweating. <laughs> it's like, ugh. but it, it like when they when they did that Mexico episodes back in season one and the beginning of the first two episodes, season two, there in very in was a very in the telenovela style. Like they shifted from that style to that style, especially like in this tense. Because one of the running gags was that. Um, Ignacio would always be at home watching what he calls his stories, which mm. were telenovelas. 
So every yeah. time like Betty would be coming home from the office, you know, it would always like cut to a telenovela that he would be watching on his TV. Mm-hmm. So, so they juxtaposed that and like he felt like it was in his own telenovela story. I love that they put that, that he calls them his stories because my grandmother, she used to call her telenovelas, her stories all the yeah. time. She's yeah. like, oh no, I cannot. You cannot come very... in and watch my stories. I'm like, okay, he <laughs> said. <laughs> Ignacio, Ignacio refers to it as the same thing. He watches his stories. And then like, we all like, and I, th- I think like my, my grandmother, I remember she's like, when when like One Life to Live and, and all those, she said, I need to watch my soaps. Yeah. And then like for my mother, for my mother, it was all my children. I feel like from our generation, we all have parents or grandparents that had those kind of shows. Yeah, my grandparent, my grandma always said, quiet down, I gotta watch my porno. (laughs) (laughs) No, one time, seriously, one time my my grandma thought she was watching a John Wayne movie and it was a porno, and I said, Hita, what the heck are you watching? She's like, I'm watching a John Wayne movie. I'm like, no, he, this is a porno. And she was like, he's wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> you got to put a NSFW logo on this one. This is R-rated. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click the, when I, when I upload, I'm going to play explicit <laughs> just, just so we do talk if you about- want me to at the at the end of this if you want me to do a little voiceover where it's like if you guys have any children around there will be some bad words before enjoy the show yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm probably gonna edit that part out i'm gonna make a copy and put that in the front before before yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm gonna this is this is fine but yeah but back to the episode again. I love how Betty gets. We can't. Sorry, we're tangenting out. No, no, I love I love a good tangent. Lives are better with tangents. Yes, this makes the conversation more fun and lively. That's why we like. I, I prefer I prefer grapefruit over tangents. <laughs> but that's just me. Don't, uh, don't. I liked when they went to the that one uh, red carpet and then she had to get naked. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like like because she wanted everyone she like, wanted attention and she knew that mark knew that that was the way she was going to get attention mark, mark <laughs> is so clever mark i mean is. i mean i would never oh my god i love how she tries to get attention at first but they're focusing on the dog yeah <laughs> dog dog <laughs> oh my god what i love about watching this show from a 2021 lens mm. is all the time capsule references mm-hmm. from Ocean. Josh Dumel. Yeah. Like my favorite ones that I just took quick note of were, um, oh my God, uh, the flip phone when Hilda was looking at pictures <laughs> on the flip phone. It's like, yeah, yeah that, is, that you can clearly tell that this is taking place in 2007. Mm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> let's see, there was another time capsule reference uh, that I loved. I'm just going through my- I notes. had to Google Josh Dumel, you know? I was like, I said Who? Fergie's ex man, right? Fergie? No, Fergie? Uh, Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was married to Fergie, but how Josh Dumel came to fame was from a 2004 romantic comedy called Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Oh, yes, I love that movie. There you go, Jennifer. Thank <laughs> I have, you. I haven't seen that before. I haven't either, but at least the one, at least the one, you know, woman here has seen it. So it's like, okay, it did reach the target demographic if you saw it. Yes, I did. That's, that's, that's what the. It. That's what the movie was made for. And then how we would know him um, uh, universally is probably, I would, I would guess Transformers. Transformers. I re- that's oh, right. Transformers. He was one of the leads in the first Transformers movie. He was, he was in the first two or three? three. I think he was in the first, he was in the first three. Okay. Yeah. I think it was just three movies. No, no, there's, there's. Well, I mean, there, I think he was just in three movies, but there, there were more movies. after. Yeah. That. And there's more. Although I do have to say, in defense of, <laughs> yes, all the Transformers movies after the first one are not the best, but I do have to say, if you get a chance to see it, Bumblebee is excellent. Really? Yes, the one with Haley Steinfeld and uh, Pamela Adlin from Better Things is in it. It's it's truly excellent. It's the I just can't wait for that to come to Netflix. It's supposed to be coming to Netflix sometime this year. Hopefully Bumblebee. it's next month. Bumblebee. We'll look into it, because I like the first Transformers. And I like their tuna. So, <laughs> so yeah, Josh. Um, and then I love how um, it's and he goes, "Oh my God, it's Josh Dumel," and Amanda goes running. Mm. Like I, w- I would never get naked on purpose <laughs> on a red carpet. 
what kind of dress was that I that it just kind totally of like would. just ripped right off of her you know <laughs> i mean what's that fabric <laughs> i mean she she got in on her she got in on her receptionist salary so probably you know i was i was gonna throw shade at a store but i'd rather not i can always oh, wet seal it's okay wet seal <laughs> you can say it <laughs> What? don't you guys remember wet seal it's like no. it's like a, a store in the mall where they like have hoochie coochie dresses and i used to love going to wet seal i've never heard of wet seal oh, until today, I, I, so. I, wet seal i oh, I, I, know, I know i know i know i know it's like wet seal is like uh yeah it's one of those stores you walk past in the mall it's like how is this still open again like, yeah, it's like next to Claire's, you know, Claire's. And I remember I, Claire's. That one I remember. <laughs> my sister, uh, I, we might have to edit this out of the episode, but my sister admitted to me that she shoplifted from Claire's once. How oh, the was this? Oh, this was years. This was years and years ago. I, we I were, think I think it's safe, and I think it's safe. Just in case my mother listens, you know, we might want to edit that part. I, out. I worked at an icing, which is the sister store from yeah. Claire's. I used to pierce kids' ears. So a lot of kids in Washington's have uh, uneven piercings because I was not very good at it. <laughs> I mean, I'm so glad I haven't got my ears pierced yet, especially because of- <laughs> don't I, don't I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think I ever planned to after hearing that story. <laughs> well, I mean, like I read a book and I took a test and they're like, you're ready to pierce ears. I'm like, I'm good. You're oh yeah. A book what state was this in again? was in Washington State. I lived in Vancouver for a year. It was, I can't believe that that's what they do at Claire's and I think, sorry guys, <laughs> I hope they're not listening any Claire's or I think. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, my sister admitted that to me because I, I had a conscience when I shoplifted and I admitted it to my father and you sister. You shoplifted? Yes, a long time ago. And um... No surprise to any of you, I don't shoplift or anything. I'm an angel. <laughs> There we go. But yeah, the other time capsule reference that I loved was obviously um, Paris Hilton because she was the, you know, Kim Kardashian of 06 and 07. And then when Mark says, we got to out Lohan, Lohan. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that was what funny. makes that line funnier. Lindsay Lohan will be a guest star at the end of season two in the beginning, the first few episodes of season six. Season oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll be, you know. She'll be a recurring character. Oh, oh cool <laughs> all right where, well, where, I mean, what where are we now obviously just another little shout out to 06 uh 07 reference casino royale is referenced in this episode is that the james, james bond, bond movie? movie that came out in 2006 i, oh, I think I that was daniel craig's first bond yeah after oh, pierce yeah. Brosnan left Wow, that's crazy. Uh, how old? And his last Bond, I think this is, I'm not sure. I think this is going to be his last Bond. It, he's it, doing it is. Because Tom Hardy, he's the next Jane Bond. Did that, they officially announce that? I think they officially oh. announced that Tom Hardy is going to be the next James Bond. Oh, how do you feel about that? I think there's nothing against Tom Hardy. He's a great actor, but you know. Don't say anything bad about him. I really like him. I, I, I like him too. I'm, it's not, I'm not saying anything about him, but you know, I thought Idris was going to be the next person. Oh, sure. There's been a big debate about not, should like, there not, finally be a black not, nothing is. I'm not saying just because he's black. It's because like like all the character he has played, like you know, that swagger he has, like when he was in the yeah. office and him and Luther, and he gives that whole James Bond energy and like they i i know they cast this black black actress to play the 007 in the movie because the plot of the movie that's already been saying like from the last movie he's not he's not in the in my in my six anymore there's a new 007 is a black woman she she's in a black lightning on the cw i okay. think she got that show got canceled well, good but, for her but in like but sidebar she got a lot of hate because people don't want a black woman as the Bond character, the 007 character, because you know, you know how. Unfortunately, there's still a lot people. of racism and there's still a lot of misogyny, and that unfortunately did seep into Bond fans. Yeah, it's just like you know that masculine oh. superiority complex from some sort of fan groups like James Bond. They're like, we want to. Yeah. People want James <laughs> Bond to stay the same. They don't want Bond to expand. That's Save it for the Bond cast. <laughs> the Bond podcast. And you're going to start that podcast too, right? 
that yeah. is also it's called, on the docket. It's called not my James Bond. Yep. <laughs> so that, look forward to that, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so, continue on to the episode. Where to begin again? I mean, I'm just like, having such oh, a good time Will, talking and with you Will guys. Another thing, is manipulating Alexis to try to like rewrite her history because since she did come out of the coma and- She has no memory of what happened before yes. the coma. Yes. And so she forgot, obviously she transitioned. And she, she, she forgot that she tried to take over the company with Wilhelmina and that failed. Yeah. So- It was Wilhelmina's first attempt to try to take over the company was through Alexis. And that failed because, you know, she got close to her dad and then- the dad said oh, uh, Vanessa Williams throughout the whole series yes Vanessa Williams tries to take over that's her mission in this whole series is to become editor-in-chief she's and the villain yeah yeah, yeah. Every, every everyone needs a good taking over story yeah. yeah and now and now she can go back and try to win her now she can go back and try to win her over again because she forgot everything and right we got all the bad blood and all that stuff that because well alexis grows a conscience and decides no i don't want to kick daniel out he's my brother and he's changed and yeah. so wilhelmina felt stabbed in the back yeah, but he's a liar he doesn't need that wheelchair <clears throat> yeah but you know that's 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 a lot of you know psychological yeah issues. daniel's daniel's got his own set of problems too and yeah but he's doing a good job being a father figure for uh uh sure. Justin, yeah. yes, that was so sweet. Uh, they've they've done this before in other seasons where Justin really bonds with Daniel, and Daniel comes across as like a father figure. Like in season one, it was when they were decorating the Christmas tree. Yeah, and 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 Justin just lost his father because he got shot in like a a robbery at the end of season one, and like you know oh. he's going through that those steps, and that is this is going to be a small arc for him, like him processing, and like you know when you lose your when you lose a parent and you want to like emulate that parent so he can be proud of you like um, he felt feel like you're proud of him that he's looking down proud of you like and his father was that macho guy who played basketball and all that type of person so that's that's his arc and like coming back because Justin's like one of those flamboyant kids who's gonna be gay He's gonna he's gonna realize that he's gay growing up. So no, 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 no. He's playing basketball. <laughs> so he's not gay. I mean, because gay people never play basketball. All those Thank you. Yes. Those, those those shower scenes are those ve that's very strange. Those locker rooms are very strange. You know. I when, love I love how get your head in the game from high school musical is playing while Justin's trying to play basketball. I mean it's owned by Disney. They can use yeah. it freely. Disney, they? Yeah, they're trying to plug it. And and yeah. uh, my high school was one of the first high schools that got to pilot that show for free as a stage musical. And then and then the high school musical come out around that time. It came out in 2006, and this is 2007, so it was one year by that point when mm. high school musical. And yeah, in the fall 2006, there were a couple of high schools that were given the rights to pilot it for free. Mm. And my oh. high school was one of them. So I got to do High School Musical. I remember when High School Musical <laughs> took over the world. Oof, it that, was everywhere. I mean, wow. Every, every, so when I hear I'm, people head in the game, it's another time capsule. Cause like, oh yeah, 07. This was the really, this was one of the really big things of 07. Mm. What's, a, what's another of your guys' highlights from this, from this episode? before we like go on further to the stuff that happens in this episode something like stands uh, out to you i like the i i mean i don't know how it is in the first season but i like uh that betty and uh is it dylan her boss yeah daniel 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 um how he like he really respects her opinion about him. And I don't know if it started out like that, but he really cares what she thinks about him. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was kind of neat how you know he, she got really down on him about lying to her about the wheelchair. And I was like, I wonder if he was this uh, nice and and thought so high of her in the first season. Was it like that when Ooh, he first no. met her? Uh, it, it, it started out brutal, actually. Um, really? Well, uh, if, if, if it's uh, cool, I could give just a brief description of the backstory. All right, bring it. Okay. Well, Bradford, uh, Bradford made Daniel hire Betty because uh, Bradford didn't want Daniel to sleep with his assistants. 
So oh. Bradford, Bradford hired Betty knowing Daniel is never going to sleep with Betty. So Daniel actually does something really mean in the first episode, which is um, he tries to push her to the edge of insanity so that way she quits. So there's a photo shoot at the first episode and he asks Betty to try on the model's costume, which is way too small for her and go in front of the camera to take the test shots which made oh. Betty reach her breaking point. And then she says, you got what you wanted, I quit. But then Daniel finally has a conscience and he goes and apologizes to Betty and asks if she'll, if she'll please come back. I think Daniel realized Betty's hardships growing up because you have to keep in mind, this is two completely different classes here. Mm -hmm. This is upper yeah. class, rich and working lower class. And so it doesn't matter whether you have money or don't have money, everybody has their own set of issues. Mm -hmm. Daniel has his set of issues. Betty has her set of issues. And I think Daniel really does respect Betty for being such a hard worker and trying to pull herself up. Whereas Daniel, you know, grew up privileged and had everything handed to him with a silver spoon. So I think yeah. there's a lot of respect that Daniel has for Betty because of that reason of they grew up completely different and Betty is somebody who wants to work hard. And also Betty, like multiple episodes throughout the first season and throughout the whole show, Betty saves Daniel ass, like like right to the break yeah. of gonna get yeah. fired. Multiple or or times, put in jail. Put in jail. Betty saves her. Because there was saves one episode, him. there was one episode where he slept with a model who he was under the impression was of age. But then the mother, who was her momager, tried to say she was underage and then threatened extortion by saying, put Petra on your cover or we're going to go to the police. But then they oh. found, an I but then Betty found the ID that said that Petra wasn't under the age of 18. And so that Ooh. saved Daniel from going to jail. And oh, Betty saves yeah. the magazines multiple times throughout the show. So it's like, you know, it's that respect, like, you know. Betty's the hero of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like the relationship. That that was fun to watch. I liked it a lot. Okay. Any anything else? Anything stood out stood out to you, Jay? In this episode, anything that you like? Any scenes or characters? Or anything? Um, the last scene when the dad comes home. Oh yeah, oh, that was such a heartwarming moment. Yeah, because they they, they come away from each other. We miss you. They've been away from each other since how many episodes? Well, it was a tree grows in Guadalajara. A tree where, grows in Guadalajara. And then he had to stay behind in Mexico. And that was the second to last episode? The second to last episode. Okay, that was the second to last episode of season one. So. Oh. And I like those sandwiches. They look good. They did. They did. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah I'm not a sub person, but, you know. I loved um, I, I loved how, um, how they would start a quack wolf argument. He was like, I'm just going to quack every time you make excuses. And Betty's like, well, I'm going to woof every time you, every time you talk about your plan. And, <laughs> and, and that quack scene reminded me, like, I, I started watching scenes from the show Married with Children. And the show, the character, the main character, Al Bundy, always insults this, this woman calling her a chicken, always quacks. It's like, it's, it's obviously misogynistic and horrible, right. but it's like, oh. That, that did like, but even but even but even Christina Applegate knows that it was making fun of that kind of misogynistic yeah. person with Mary yeah. with children. Christina Applegate was like, yeah, we know it's misogynistic. That was the point of the show. We were making fun of the misogyny of yeah. that kind of guy. <laughs> and um, there was just so many moments that I just wanted to give a shout out to. Um, I loved uh, Geo singing along to "Unbreak My Heart" by Tony Braxton. <laughs> Yeah, Tony Braxton, Braxton Family Values. I love out. that show. Of course, <laughs> that's you one. Do. Of, that's one of my guilty pleasure reality shows. Is it a guilty oh, pleasure or a pleasure? Oh my God, Tamar Braxton! I really wish SNL would do. I mean, maybe not now because of all the recent personal stuff she's been through. Now she should be. A, but back when Braxton Family Values was like a new thing, SNL really should have jumped on that because those are all great characters. 
Yeah, Tamar was so funny. Like in the, she's just such a character. Is this bomb.com? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a reality show person. If it has somebody in it who I like, I'll give it a chance. And I am a big Tony Braxton fan. So that's what got me to give Braxton. And it turned out to be a guilty pleasure for me. Yeah. It's good. It's a good show. It's funny. The only thing I like reality shows I like is Survivor or oh. The Amazing Race or Big Brother sometimes. Like, so the CBS ones. Yeah. That, that's that's one thing CBS <laughs> has over it. And then um, just the other moment that I loved was all the doctored photos that Mark put together in Photoshop. Yeah. Oh, and, sure. and then Wilhelmina slapped him and he was like, what was that for? And she was like, square dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he put in a bunch of cheesy ones like the square dancing and then, oh, and then the march for pride. And then Alex's like, wait, are we? No, no, no. It's just political. If Wilhelmina really wanted to, she could have said, oh, yeah, we're a couple too. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a very interesting. And then just way. like, and then just like the Devil Wears Prada, this is a great Devil Wears Prada callback where um, Wilhelmina's at the masked party and Mark is telling her who's approaching her every single time, yeah. just like yeah. Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt had to do in that scene for Meryl Streep whenever people were coming up to approach Miranda. They have to whisper. Even her husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <slideshow. laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to ask this to the both of you um, because obviously Jay, we got to know you through working with you on Spelling Bee. How did Sly Chum get started? Um, so Jay and I met uh, working together at a twenty-four hour diner called Fred Sixty Two, mm -hmm. and I was a hostess and he was serving. And before we were together, he would hit on me all the time, you know, yeah. trying come on over, make some jokes here and there, but he was taught, we'd always talk about doing comedy and he was saying how he really wanted to do a sketch show that was very like Pee Wee's Playhouse, um, kind of like with a bunch of characters, like Fun House. Then I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so fun. So we talked about it and then we started dating and then that's when it kind of just like came together. We just started writing characters and sketches and um, came up with the name Sly Chum on just like a weird whim of like, what kind of animal do you think I am? And he's like, oh, you remind me of Fox. And I'm like, you remind me of a squirrel. And we're like, oh, Fox, Sly and Chum, Squirrel, Sly Chum, that's great. <laughs> and then uh, we were like, let's just do it and put a show together and see what happens. And we wrote a show and put it up at iOS, RIP. And um, um People enjoyed it and then we just kind of went from there and just really enjoyed writing with each other. Yeah. yeah. When was your first, uh, what year was your first performance as Sly Chum? August 31st, uh, 2014, 13? Wow. 13. Wow, that's, that's a long you, time ago. You guys have been at it for a while. That's excellent. Yeah. 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 We're almost eight years together well we've been together for as a couple together eight years and yeah. then as slide chum so eight eight years now yeah it's yeah. a good i don't i don't know precisely when but it's about seven or eight years doing the sketch together yeah yeah and we have totally different types of comedy styles too so i feel like they complement each other you know he's more realist and I'm more like goofy, slapsticky kind of a gal, so it definitely works together. I I like your um the I I watch your stuff on YouTube. I like low key. You get obviously you don't know who watches your videos. I like the one <laughs> that you um um put like the one that was the sisters from um White Christmas. That one <laughs> I I watched that one. That was like <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah that would see that's jen's idea to have like this absurd mashup of like the girls from uh the shining are the girls in white christmas and uh two of my favorite like classics clashing together you know yeah so silly and i love seeing jay and drag so it's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> He gets mm. off on it. Wow. <laughs> and Jay, Jay, you've been working during this pandemic, right? I mean, you were working on Reno 911, correct? Correct, yeah. Back in, uh, I did their, their, well, I think it would have been their sixth season, but it's their first season on uh, 
it was on Quibi. Yes. And that was back in February, but then they brought me back for their next season, uh, the same character and a, and a few other ones, like two other characters that I had to kind of make up. Mm-hmm. And um, they brought me back for a few episodes on their upcoming season. Is Nisi Nash is still doing that show, right? Or ah. Oh. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I met I met two of the actors from that show. Um, I've met Cedric on multiple occasions, and uh, I've met Wendy McClendon Covey on multiple occasions. So yeah, that's two two people I've met from Reno Nine One One. It's an awesome show. Who who are they? Uh, Wendy McClendon Covey was bridesmaids cousin Rita. Oh, the, the, really the Vaughn one. Yes, the really oh. raunchy one. She's on the Goldbergs now yeah. as a regular, she's, and then uh, she's so funny. I and, like her. And then um, Cedric Yarbrough is the bigger black man who was. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yes. I don't. I don't know their names. I just. I. I watched. He was on I, a show called Speechless for ABC that lasted for three seasons. With Minnie Driver. Yes. Yeah. He I, was the one who assisted uh, the son. I. I. I only seen. I seen Reno Nine One One like slightly passing. I, I sat through him. Yeah, he's a bigger, stocky black guy. Yeah, he's, I, I love him. Uh, I glad I'm showing. And that film's out here, right? Yeah, they filmed it in Santa Clarita. They took over like, uh, well, because of the pandemic, they took over a hotel and it was like a, their little bubble for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then they would, everything was either filmed inside the hotel rooms or then they would move to another location that was the, the police precinct. So they're not, they're not doing those outside scenes anymore. I, have, I haven't caught up with it. But like you know, some outside scenes, like they did those in the because they kind of took over the whole the hotel, like not just inside, but also like their driveways and their parking structure. So every some outside scenes were filmed over there. Uh, I got Reno Reno Nine One One is back. That was a funny show. Yes, it was. It is. It is a front, it funny is. show because it is currently happening. Still, still. going. Yeah, okay, I, I can plug that. They just said they're going to Roku app. Oh, that's oh yes, because didn't I Roku by Quibi? Yes, yes. Hmm. Huh. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, that's, that, good. that's a good thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to do. Um, I'm privileged and honored to be working during this time. You're yeah. very lucky. I've had a couple of auditions for stuff here and there, but haven't gotten my pandemic job yet. <laughs> <laughs> Got, gotten close a couple of times i did go up for zoe's extraordinary playlist and a couple of so i've I'm gotten close to it but um that's great at least you're auditioning yeah 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 i'm yeah, grateful for that not every you know not everybody can say so i'm always grateful for that and you know i'm chilling i'm i'm doing my thing in silence oh and then there was another great 07 reference in this episode mm-hmm. uh with lance bass <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like I, I had a crush on Lance Bass. Like, you know, I know now. <laughs> because um, Betty had old diary entries and she was talking to Daniel House. Maybe I want to go home and write something that doesn't say, dear diary, I want to marry Lance Bass. <laughs> and then and then when she walked away, uh, Daniel was like, I don't know if you heard. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> uh, he had just come out by that point in 2006. I, I didn't know Lance Bass was gay. Headline news when he came out in 2006. And I have a lot of friends who were straight girls and they did have crushes on Lance too. So. <laughs> you could still when have did, a crush. On. When, did, when did Ellen come out? Ellen came out in 98. Ellen's gay? <laughs> <laughs> Ellen was the first one to really do it in 98 who came out that wasn't a rock star and uh yeah. and after that and then after all the backlash Ellen got nobody did it for a while but then Neil Patrick Harris did it in 2005 I believe or, when I met your mother started yeah or 2006 early he he started and then after that Lance Bass and then after that it became you know and I I feel like we shouldn't like I, I got people celebrities are coming out like what's her name Jojo Swizza she just came yes. out and that's really good because that's like someone who's that young and Nickelodeon and promoting yeah. that for like people, parents and kids like like her and look up to her. Like, yeah, you can be young, younger. I don't know how old she is because I don't pay attention to her. But you can be so young and like, you know, know who you are and just be who you are. That's good. But, you know, I feel like 
and even we, Lance and even Lance Bass had girlfriends too. I mean, nothing against women, but I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I I, I don't I, I don't understand. I mean, I know you guys. I know like, congratulations for being a woman. I support women. I mean, I, I, we're not I, that great. No, I'm just kidding. I'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> well, there was a story that I read that I found was very sweet. You guys remember Boy Meets World, right? What's oh, yes. World? I never heard of it in my entire life. Well, Danielle Fischel, who played Topanga on Boy Meets World, used to date Lance Bass when they were teenagers. Oh, that's cute. Danielle Fischel actually wanted Lance to be um, her first. But then years later, Lance revealed in an interview that he knew he was gay and he didn't want to do that to her. So, you know, he, uh, when she was ready, so when she was ready to, you know, give give him her virginity he said we really shouldn't do this and then explained that he was gay which is how they've managed to maintain a really good friendship because he was honest with her oh that's sweet i i like so that. who did she give her virginity to or does she still have it oh. <laughs> well she, she's, she, on, she's on husband number two now so um and she has and kids like and she has kids so i mean something must have happened i guess <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. Like Jesus. She had great hair. Yes. Right? Yes. She had great everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she... everyone. I love Topanga. That was a great character. And you know that name was named after Topanga Canyon here in Los Angeles, right? Really? Had to. Have. I mean, the creator of Boy Meets World revealed on his show that he was just driving down the freeway and he saw the name Topanga Canyon and he was like, Topanga, that's the name of the girl. And wasn't Topanga was supposed to, wasn't supposed to be there that long? No, she was supposed to be just a love interest for Corey, but then she became a regular. That's she? Forever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, that show made it seven years. I mean, that show had a great and a spinoff and a spinoff. Girl Meets World. Oh yeah, I tried desperately to lobby for. I had sent them. I had sent like letters to the casting director, going, I could be this generation's Mr. Turner. <laughs> <laughs> I could be the I could be the cool young hip teacher of this generation. <laughs> we gotta save all this for our, our Boy Meets World podcast. Though. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Slideshow Meets World. Slideshow Meets World. <laughs> yes. I met Mr. Feeney at a book signing, so that was a big deal. Was it his book signing? Yes. Did you buy the book? I did. Do you still have the book? I still do. Okay. Did you read the book? Not what yet. was the book about? What's the point of getting the I book? know, I know, not yet. I've been putting it all. I know, I know. <gasps> Mr. Feeney would be so sad. <laughs> I mean, that's he'd, a be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, Mr. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? He's still alive, okay, okay. yes. He's up there, but he's still alive, still with us. Her him and Betty White will never keep die. Go keep going. <laughs> keep going. She'll make it to a hundred. So yeah, that was just a fun side note there about Lance Bass because of the Lance Bass reference in the episode. <laughs> and I just thought that was a very sweet story when I heard that, so. That is a good story. I'm glad you told us. That's a nice one. Is there, is there anything else in the episode that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I mean, just you start to see Amanda's growth and evolution yes. in this because even after she gets all the fame from the photograph she realizes that's not the answer to everything mm -hmm. yeah. i feel like we get yeah. fed this we get fed this thing that oh fame and fortune that's where the answers are and then amanda got fame in that and she was like i don't feel better mm -hmm. it's all about like that's what i that's one of the things something that i'm i i learned a while ago that like not that i'm fame hungry or power hungry i mean a little power hungry i like i want to take over the world one day and you know make everyone my I was I don't know I don't I was gonna say slaves but you know oh no I mean it's like servants I mean but I don't but that's joking aside like you know it's all about what you do for others and like you know what you put out of the world and what you what the mark that you leave on this world and like who are who who you are as a person what legacy will you leave behind you know yeah. And I want to leave a good legacy. I put a lot of art in the world. I aspire people to be their best selves. And you know. And the art, art has the power to do that. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. And that's, 
I and mean, comedy has the power to do that. Absolutely. I mean, one of yeah. the things I'm, um, I have a movie that's coming out in the third quarter this year called Saving Paradise. It'll be coming out in the third quarter of 2021. And I have a documentary feature film that I'm putting out, which uh, follows me going all around the world doing my one man show and Scotland, New York City, I went all over the place to do it. And one of the things I talk about in the show is that yes, obviously I'm an actor who did this for, you know, to try to get more work and to try to, you know, I was hoping it would lead to something as an actor, but just having mothers of children on the spectrum come up to see me after my show. Like I had one woman crying, sobbing, saying, my son is 30 years old, you told his story, thank you. So just- Aww, you're, you're a mom? No, um, <laughs> um, I've, I've had mothers of multiple mothers of children on the oh. spectrum come up and, you know, say how much their my story resonated with them as parents of children on the spectrum or meeting other people on the spectrum. And that's really been the most rewarding thing about doing all of this mm -hmm. is that you made art that really impacted people. And that's the most important thing of all. Yeah, because money comes and goes. And like, you know, as we are- When that, you make a difference in somebody's life, that really is the reward right there. Yeah, and- Like, like, like this podcast, you know? Yeah, touch yeah, like that's like, we all, we are, we are, we get, we got some messages like, oh, we love this podcast. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, we're putting out something good in the, in the world and like making people laugh and like think and bringing some people back to a show that was, was a message of hope. The show, like in general, this message was a show of hope and love, and like, like have a positive will, and like that will propel, prepare you, propel, propel you forward. Propel <laughs> that I, word. Yeah, I don't words quit easily, and I'm an actor. Please, I don't know how. I don't know how I get cast and stuff. <laughs> I suck. Oh, stop it. You're talented. I've seen you both on stage. You're very uh, thank good. you. I pay you to say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, then... Whatever. So any final things from that episode? That I, I pretty much got everything I wanted to say. I was just happy to have our first uh, combo come on today, two guests, because we've usually done this with the two of us and one guest. So this is our first uh, twofer that yeah. we're getting. Anything, any, any final things from the episode that really stood out to, to you? I, I mean, I just, I really appreciate it for what it was for its time, you know, because it opened so many doors, whether it be for like Latin, like X, like comedies being made after that, uh, just first for a lot of things. I, I mean, I don't, I've not seen any more of than just that episode, but I just like that it's opened doors for more. Yeah. Cause like one, I, maybe one, I know one day at a time was a was a sitcom already, and I got brought back. But you know, yeah. you know what they say like things still like how how do they I still think? resonate? Yeah, sometimes you need that one show before dead another show so they can prove like this this happens and this worked, so we can do this show. You know exactly like oh let Latinx people really can because you know they have to see if it can make money or not which really sucks right. because they yeah. could just believe but they have to see something like that be successful in order for other things to get over well, what i do but what i do love now that's happening especially with this renaissance we're in with streaming services and streaming platforms now the numbers are there that prove that yes people want more stories with people of color and they want more diversity because now it's not just movie studios or tv broadcast studios guessing anymore now it's yeah. like where they have to wait for their data in ratings or box office numbers but now with streaming the data is there with high streaming that proves yes there is a hunger and there is a demand to see more stories and more representation and yeah. like, like with create like one of the last things i want to say was like with crazy rich asians and that like started like so many like asian projects popping up everywhere like you know Aquafina got got that movie The Farewell yeah, that was got amazing. Her Globe. Got a Golden Globe and like there's like um, Fresh Out of Both that was before 
Crazy Rich Asians. And then but, Christella was also on ABC at the time. Christella Alonzo, shout out to her. And there's basically like a, a reality show version of Crazy Rich Asians on Netflix. Oh, I up. oh, I'm all over it. Bling Empire finished it. Is the it good? Best. Oh my God, it's so good. I mean, it's better than any, I can't say like, it's just, I was in it. I watched it in a day. I watched it in a day. It was so good. You guys, if you like that kind of show, you would be into it. I love getting, I mean, that's one of the things I've been loving about this past year and self-quarantining is you just have all the time in the world. You can get sucked into a show and watch it in like a day or two. Yeah, I watched the whole West Wing last year. That's that's like one of the best shows ever I've seen in my entire life. But yeah. Jay, anything else from this episode that you want to talk about anything final thoughts oh question are real braces those those are like those are prop braces they they get they put on put it on her because she has those are not her real braces those are like kind of fake braces yep he just yep but they put them on every every day they put them on her for shooting yeah because she doesn't have braces in real life yikes that sounds awful i mean and yeah and she doesn't have bangs anymore starting the fourth season and she loses the braces towards the end of the show because you know that's one of the things that's how the show evolves it's like the third to last episode she gets she stopped having braces wow she had them on for a long time yeah Yeah. but we just won't keep you Yeah, yeah jay jay jennifer thank you both so much for stepping into our little corner of the world yeah thanks for coming on i really appreciate both of y'all for coming thanks for having us we can't wait to see the both of you on stage again when it's safe to yeah and uh, and i just can't wait for all of us to re-enter the world and see each other and hug other and hug i miss that i miss hugging yes like that's that's one of the things i really miss i miss it too or like a there there. i like i like one of these Thank you for being here today. <laughs> but without further ado, my name is Steven. My name is George. Bye. 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 Unbreak. Bye.